Good evening. Welcome to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I am Frances Harry, your hostess for this program. Mark, unfortunately, is not able to be here, but I guarantee you he is keeping us in his prayers. And so I ask you to also keep him in our prayers as well. Our topic for this conversation is in honor of our Blessed Virgin Mary, who is particularly honored in the month of May. And additionally, since she is our Heavenly Mother, and since it was recently Mother's Day, we decided to focus on Mary, Virgin Mother and Spouse. But first, as we always do, let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, Thine eyes of mercy toward us, And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And of course, as a Carmelite, we remember St. Therese's uh, poem, which uh, has the line in it about Mary is more mother than queen. But I like us to keep Mary in the right perspective here. She is queen of heaven and earth, queen of all the angels and saints, and yet she's most intimately our mother. So we have some special guests tonight, and I'd like to introduce them to you and then have them tell you a little bit about themselves. So please welcome Mr. and Mrs. Herb and Maureen Edwards. Herb, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'd be glad to, Fran. Um, I'm an Ohioan, married to Maureen, uh, over 50 years. Awesome. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Only through God. <laughs> I'm the father of seven children, blessed with uh, 15 grandchildren, two great-grandchildren. Wow. Um, Active member of Our Lady Queen of Peace Parish at Wright-Patterson since 1982. I had a 28-year Air Force career and then almost 16 years as a contractor for the Air Force. Okay. I've been involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal for over 25 years, uh, Worldwide Marriage Encounter and our Spirited Lovers Circle since 1982. Uh, I'm a fourth-degree knight of Columbus. And I'm a new member of the Carmelite Dayton community. Oh, yes. We're so happy to have Herb and Maureen. She, too. We have a couple now with us in our our Dayton Carmelite community, which is our Mother of Good Counsel, Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites here in Dayton, Ohio. And now your beautiful wife. Let's hear from you. We'll welcome you tonight. Thank you, Francis. Um I, the only thing I can add to that, well, let's see, I wasn't, I'm not an Ohioan, I'm a Bostonian. Um, I was born in Boston, but I don't really call it home. I, I guess I would call Ohio home now, because we've been here since, um, in one, at least one fell swoop and since 1982. So and I'm, it's home. I'm sure his Air Force career took you all over, right? Yes, it did. And my dad, I was also an Air Force um, brat, if you want to call it that, and, uh, um, although I was pretty good as a girl, <laughs> as a young girl, but um, but I so I have actually more time in than my husband, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, anyway. military families, the ones who are left at home, have a big obligation, don't we? know? Oh yes. Well, yes. I have that in common with you too, uh, with an Air Force career of eight years as a horn player with the band and in the Air Force, and my husband with twenty seven years. So um, we have a a very uh, common connection here. But you are both new to our karma like community and I know you both have a great devotion to Mary you're both very active in the Catholic Church in many ways that you serve and bring others to Christ and so I am so glad that you were willing to come on the program tonight and to talk about Mary and our we decided that we wanted to talk about Mary in the realm of virgin mother and spouse Mary is so dear to all the Carmelites And as virgin, we are with her at the Annunciation and see anew her great purity of heart 
and her receptivity to the great news from St. Gabriel. With her fiat, she clearly emphasizes thy will be done. And then she ponders all these things in her heart. And as Carmelites, we too are called to have a pure heart and be receptive to God's will and to ponder, meditate, listen, and pray about all that happens in our lives through the medium of our hearts and minds united to God. So we're going to go into those points about Mary as virgin, but also about her fruitful love and her pure prayer and also um, as spouse of the Holy Spirit and the perfect model for all of us who pray as we grow in our relationship with Christ. And then finally, an imitation of Mary with Mary and through Mary and in union with Mary, we hope that we may grow closer to Christ as we live a life of prayer. So that is our introduction for this conversation. And again, if you want to participate, we encourage you to call in or you can email us. Um, again, that phone number is one eight six six three 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 six two seven nine. So, Herb, how about starting us off here? Um, what do you have to say about Mary as Virgin? Well, the purity of heart, uh, when I think of a virgin, I think somebody that's um, totally committed to God, uh, somebody that her, their heart is completely uh, focused on him. And we know, of course, that Mary did that. She was only a young a young uh, um, teenager when the angel appeared to her. Right. But, you know, God had uh, given her special graces. And the Holy Spirit, uh, one, one of the things I learned by, by helping prepare for this program a little bit was that uh, the Holy Spirit was really her spouse from, from her birth. From her conception. conception. Yes, from that first moment of her human existence. So her heart really had to be pure because she was full of grace, as the scripture says. Yes, so from that immaculate conception, we think of that that state of virginity. You know, when I think of virgin, I think of virgin olive oil. (laughs) But, you know, she's this oil that, you know, um, you know, helps all of us, you know, come to to this grace. So, um, but yes, when I think of virgin, I think of full of grace. Maureen, what what can you add on that? Just, um, goodness, um, to me, I think it's so uh, important in this day and age um, because we don't uh, emphasize, I don't think, purity um, for our young women as much. We have so much in our media that um, draws them away from that and tells them that um, there's just another way to go. That it's to be popular or to dress um, in a certain way that um, really is not uh, modest for them and certainly not for their um, for the opposite sex to be looking at them too. So I think um, we really, really need to uh, look at Mary as um, as someone who really should be. Um, the role model for our young daughters, even though it's hard, and I know it is. I, you know, certainly having our own daughters growing up and having them wanting to, to dress in a certain way and having to tell them, you know, no, it's, that's really not appropriate. That's hard for a mom or dad to do, but, um, but it's something that we really need to, um, to take to heart that uh, we really need to instill mere purity, I think, of heart for our children. And I think that, you know, in the way we dress, it's dependent on the kind of crowd we attract, too. So if we want to try to attract the right kind of people, the people who are looking at our hearts and our minds, not just as us, as a figure, um, that that is so important. Um, So here we have Mary as virgin, who's preserved from all sin, but also in her attitude, she is trying to keep others from sin, you know, because of the way she acts, the way she prays, the way she serves. So her lifestyle, her whole being is showing forth this virgin, uh, immaculate, uh, sin-free attitude um, and way of life. And, and I think something about this purity of heart can help us to understand divine subjects better. What do you think about that? The purity of mind. Well, I think as our mind is uh, more refreshed by the Holy Spirit and made more pure, 
um, we, we come to a deeper understanding. I know just coming to the Carmelites and learning from uh, St. Uh, Teresa of Avila and John on the Cross and St. Therese, and then I go back and read Scripture, and there's just a deeper meaning. You know, for example, one of the things that struck me was when St. Paul said, um, um, I'm, I'm, don't live, I'm paraphrasing, it's not I who live now, but Christ who lives within me. Yeah. I used to think, well, you know, that, that's good. Jesus is in all of us. But after understanding, you know, the, the uh, closeness and the spiritual marriage and spiritual union that God wants for us, when we, if we come close to that state or in that state, truly is Christ living in us. And it's much, much deeper than, than I had ever known before. And when we think of Mary, from the first moment of her conception, being full of the Holy Spirit already, you know, I, I, I am just floored and flabbergasted because, of course, that grace would multiply from moment to moment. So when, when the angel greets her as Hail Mary, full of grace, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think uh, of the beatitude, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. So here she is. How can she not be so pure of heart? How can she not see God? Because, you know, being full of grace and full of the Holy Spirit, um, she, among all human creatures, would be able to see God, uh, to know and do his will. And then eventually, of course, God was living right in her house in the person of Jesus. I mean, I don't know how much of that she grasped, but to me it would be mind-boggling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take a special grace just for that, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, and, you know, to be able to understand all these divine things, you know, uh, the fruit of this would be the gift of understanding, too. So here she's, she's going to have wisdom, knowledge, understanding, all these other gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, just, um, you know, uh, uh, on a supernatural level, of course. Mm. So um, that also kind of leads us into the next point under Mary as virgin, and that would be her receptivity. What what do we want to say on that? On I'm thinking of her, you know, when she was approached by the angel, and she was, um, you know, told she was going to be the mother here. You know, she's saying fiat, thy will be done. She is open to the Holy Spirit uh, through St. Um, Gabriel. Right, and she wanted to obey God no matter the situation. <clears throat> I mean, the inconvenience of being almost nine months pregnant and, and going to Bethlehem on the back of a donkey <laughs> and uh, fleeing into Egypt, you know, the danger. She, she, you know, she did what uh, she felt God was asking her to do. Of course, Joseph had a big part in that as the angel appeared to him in the second case. Um, so when she says, thy will be done, you know, as humans, we sort of hesitate to do that a lot of times. The first place, you know, we don't really come that close to the Lord and, you know, and take the time to, um, to get to know him and to listen, which will come on in a second, the pondering aspect. And then when that happens to, to really want to say, God, what are you telling me? You know, we don't want God to be telling us stuff we don't want to do a lot of times. Right. But the closer we get to him, the more we want to serve him, the better the relationship, and the more we want to do that. And I've found that also um, as a mother and uh, with children and, um, well, even adult children now. I think of the times that I've wanted my children around me. We have a son that isn't so close by. He's in um, um, California. But I remember when he was... Um, uh, deciding that he wanted to come closer to the family and, and trying to, with his job, make it, make it closer. But I remember thinking, even as much as I truly, truly wanted him, uh, to be closer to us and to be able to have, have that joy of having, you know, his brothers and sisters and their, their kids and having all of us together. Um, I truly wanted God's will for him. Um, and that was hard. That was really hard to, to put my own feelings aside and and know and really truly um, say you know um, Lord I accept what whatever it is if if you do bring him closer that's wonderful but if it doesn't happen that's okay too and um, so uh, you know it, it's a learning experience it doesn't always happen but I found that by and large 
that's the best that's the best way to be or it's um it, it's a, it's it's joy for your family uh for yourself you have peace um when that happens, when you allow the Lord and not try to push and and put your own um, agenda spin on it, agenda yes. exactly yeah. that you have much more peace um, about it all, and it, and it really all works out because the Lord works it all for good anyway. So. Well, that makes me think of what Mary did. I mean, here the angel tells her this, and she's asking, "How can this be done?" And, you know, not why, but how. <laughs> and then, you know, the angel explains it. And, you know, then, you know, she starts to show and St. Joseph is, you know, perturbed. And, you know, he's starting to wonder what's going on. And obviously he can see what's going on, but she's not explaining it. Um, I'm reading about this. I'm like, Mary, why aren't you telling Joseph? And, you know, I learned uh, by studying this more and more and reading more that um, she waited for God's will to be done. She wasn't going to presume to be the one to tell this news, this great news. She wasn't going to take God's spot, zerp his position and, you know, tell Joseph the thing. So, of course, she waits and waits and, you know, the anxiety <laughs> continues to grow. Poor Joseph. He's making plans. And all of a sudden, you know, God does come in the dream. Um, and reveals to St. Joseph what the plan is. And isn't that a great um, model of being open to God's will and waiting for him to open the door, to show the way? And, you know, what great patience and resignation she must have to to go through all that and know that he was, you know, thinking about that. Just, uh, well, what an amazing situation, right? Well, I think too many times, you know, we we have decisions to make, you know, being an Air Force officer, a lot of decisions. And and if you don't wait for the Lord, you can, you know, run, run through the wrong door. And then you find out that, uh, you know, that's not what God wants. I remember when I, without a prayer, I really wasn't as committed to the Lord as I hope I am now. And uh, I had 26 years in the Air Force, and I just decided, well, I'm going to retire. I didn't pray about it. I didn't ask God. Mm-hmm. And uh, had an interview at, with a co- big company in Dallas, Texas, um, Arthur Anderson. And the first interview went great. Fantastic. And then for the, for the second interview, I had to come back. And in the meantime, God started changing my heart uh, through the commander of the facility at uh, San Antonio. And when I went back the second time, I was with the attitude, um, um well, if they hire me, fine. If they don't, fine. Well, you're never going to get hired with that attitude. Mm-hmm. And I, they didn't, and it hurt for, you know, a day. <laughs> that, <laughs> or so. <laughs> uh, that, that, that I wasn't accepted, but I realized after the fact that that would have been a terrible mistake if I'd have gone there. Mm-hmm. Because when I came to Wright Patterson two years later, or, or when I came to Wright Pat, which was God's will, the blessings were are just fantastic. I could, you know, tell you many, many, but I won't write the moment. Okay, well, that, I like how you're bringing these examples down to home, you know, so that we as people in the world today can look at Mary and, you know, see what she did and then how we can apply that to our own personal life. That's so important. And I know that that leads us very well into this next point, and that is Mary as virgin who pondered these things in her heart. And I believe you found a scripture passage um, from Luke um, about that. Could, do you mind reading that for us? I think it's um, Luke 2.19. Um, okay, we're looking looking That's to right. find it. Okay, here we go. I was just, I was going to do the, um, beforehand what was coming up was okay. that um, uh, they went in, in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Once they saw, they understood what had been told them concerning this child. And these are the shepherds. All who heard of it were astonished at the report given by the shepherds. And then the phrase comes, Mary treasured all these things and reflected on them in her heart. And all of those, the times that scripture has pointed those out, there's several others. There's one, in fact, um, just comes up um, shortly after that when they find Jesus in the temple as well. Um, Those were times, I think, that triggered my um, thought processes as far as um, coming, wanting to come closer in my prayer life to doing that pondering, which had meant really listening, not just being in prayer and saying my prayers and reading meditations and um, 
but really sitting quietly and pon- and pondering, um, thinking of all those all all those things or, or something particular, maybe that the Lord would have brought up. And I realized then that, especially when it mentions um, recognizing the Lord's voice, that the only way that we can really hear the Lord is by doing that pondering. And um, of course, that that led us, my husband and I, to and myself to Carmelite because that is such a big part of um, of the prayer life of Carmelite is the pondering. Right. In fact, they, they have a formal name for that pondering. I think they would call it recollection. <laughs> and that recollection is like, you know, taking your your um, attention and going within and kind of closing out the senses outwardly and trying to get, as Mark would always tell us, silence and solitude, right? <laughs> and, and that is huge because if we don't have a listening heart, if we're not trying to hear God speak, through uh, the events of our day, through the scriptures that we're reading. If we're not trying to make the sense of our life, then how can we make good decisions? How can we know God's will? And, and we need to study scripture so we know who Christ is and what he would do. What would Mary do? And Mary, of course, always says, do whatever he tells you to. <laughs> and she's always pointing to him. So I'm like, well, how can anybody not want to go to Mary? Because Mary is always leading us to Jesus, to her son. And this also makes me think of Mother's Day, you know, um, no kid has a problem going to mom to try to get something in order to get father to approve, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sometimes oh. it works the other way around, too. Go to father to convince mother. But, you know, many times it's, you know, got to go to the mother because it's a softer, gentler approach. So, like, well, if we can see this on our earthly realm in our day-to-day relationships, you know, go to the mother or go to the boss's right-hand man or secretary, you know, <laughs> who knows everything that's going on. You know, if we have no problem doing that, why does anybody have a problem going to Mary to get to Jesus? So we really need to, um, you know, take a look at how Mary acts in the life of Christ and how she leads us to Christ. And this pondering is so important because by it, she was able to take scriptures from the Old Testament and know how to act in her present circumstances and you know to be quiet uh, to to not hear the voices of the world crowding in she became recollected within herself to to where god is in her soul and so um we're going to take a little bit of a station break now when we come back we're going to talk to, about mary as mother and then Mary as spouse. So we're going to take a station break now, but we will be back in just a few minutes, and we hope you'll be back joining us. Thank you. We were 
blood Know that he has overcome Every trial we will face None too lost to be saved None too broken or ashamed All are welcome in this place By your mercy we come to your table By your grace you are making us faithful Lord we remember you And remembrance leads us to about Mary as virgin mother and spouse and we have with us Mr. and Mrs. Herb and Maureen Edwards and we were just getting to the part where we're going to talk about Mary as mother. So where would we like to begin our beautiful wonderful mother? (laughs) Well Mary has all the characteristics you know of a mother uh, compassion, understanding taking leeway with her son when she told the you know at the wedding feast of Cana and turning the water into wine, you know, do what he tells you. Yeah, she kind of had him anticipate <laughs> that little miracle, right? that big miracle. And Jesus, you know, wasn't ready to do that, but he was obedient, too, to his mother. Yes, uh, a good sign, because, you know, we we do know he was obedient unto death. And so this sign of his obedience to his mother, even at this age, turning that water into wine, prefiguring our sacrament of the Eucharist, right? Right, exactly. Right, and and this again is where she says the famous line, do whatever he tells you. I think we have a conference coming up with our Carmelites, and that's our theme, do whatever he tells you. And Maureen, you were going to make a point, too, about another scripture passage. Um, the one at, well, let's see. Oh, um, are we talking about the... Uh, Mary at the foot of the cross? At the foot of the cross. Yes, tell us how that it just is important to you. When I was, um, uh, well, it... it uh, it was a personal thing back, oh goodness, probably more than 15 years ago when I was going through, um, just a, just a crisis in, uh, in my life and my spiritual life and, and knowing one way that I was supposed to go the way that the Lord would have me go and yet just pulling and pulling and, and, uh, resisting in so many ways. And, um, finally, after just much, um, uh, prayer time, I just, I, I had a, um, a vision of the cross and just knowing that I needed to do, do nothing but abandon what I had and just, just actually embrace the cross, just, just hold on to it for dear life. And, um, I really, in my mind's eye, I did that. 
And but it came to me um, just in actually just recently. It didn't at that time, but it came to me for all those who have found themselves at the foot of the cross, suffering, right? In and trial, all, in all tribulation, ways, whatever, whatever comes about, and just knowing that they have to, they just finally they've come to the end of all that whatever they're doing, and they just need to give it up and 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 do that, embrace the cross. Um, that that Mary, this is just an insight that the Holy Spirit just gave me the um, the other day, and pondering all this, that, pondering, I love it. Some <laughs> of this that that. That we're not there alone. Um, and I, at that time, I, you know, I didn't really have that thing, but I know if I had, um, what graces and what, what, how closer to Mary I would have become close and much sooner in my life than I had because I didn't always have that, that true devotion to Mary early on, but I know I would have. So just the fact that, that we're not there alone, that she is there with us. Um, is a great grace and a great comfort. Well, and, and and there's the scripture passage where Jesus said to his disciples, this is your mother. And then the disciple took her to his home. Isn't this amazing how God gives us his son? And he's always gifting us, giving, giving, giving to us. And then the son in his dying gives us another gift of Mary. And now she is mother to John. But now, Herb, can you tell us, what does that mean for us now? Well, you know, in that particular verse, uh, you know, um, Jesus said, um, oh, let, me, let me think, I had, oh, yes, a woman, behold thy son. But he didn't say, John, behold thy mother. Right. He said, behold thy mother, uh-huh. which John was sort of a substitute for the entire church yes for all humanity for all all time right all All humanity right not just not just uh folks in the church right exactly right and so you know mary wants to embrace everyone you know and and so many are so focused on just the scripture that they take they don't have what the church has in their tradition and the teaching magisterium that they miss the place of mary and where mary is the holy spirit is you know the and I again I think uh, St. Louis de Montfort said something that I thought was very uh, striking. Basically, that that where the Holy Spirit uh, sees that Mary's in someone's heart, you know, he flees to that heart to fill it with his presence. Yeah. I mean, it sort of works both ways. It's a magnetic attraction there. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, and and, and, you, and you know, if uh, it makes it so much easier to 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 have both in your life. Right. And, you know, the, a part of that scripture passage that, that I didn't realize was so significant, um, but is, is, is when the disciple took her to his home. So really what that is, is our response to the giftedness of Mary to us. We have to respond and we do so willingly. And if we choose not to, we can choose to turn away. But this scripture here is showing us, modeling us what our best action is, is to take her into our home, which is into our hearts, uh, because we can't physically take her. And, you know, we got pictures, we got statues and all these things are good because they remind us of her and remind us to turn to her as mother who was so pure, so holy, so filled with grace and so helpful as all mothers are trying to help their children. Excuse me, Francis. And yet human. Just a minute. Yes. Jessica, uh, will you have Brandon on the line? Okay, great. Brandon, wonderful. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was just listening to your program, and I heard him you making a reference to the verse, um, Mother, behold thy son. And uh, sometimes when I hear that, it um, makes me think of an image of, of Jesus looking down at Mary, kind of saying, Hey, Mom, look up here. Look at your son. Look, look what I've done or been able to do for the world because of the love you gave to me. And it kind of makes me think about saying, saying, you know, Jesus may be kind of saying thank you to his mother. Oh, I like that. And uh, it it really convicts me, especially as a a young man discerning a call to the priesthood, that priests really need to to cling to their mother because Jesus, as the, the high priest, is thanking his mother for all that love and nurturing that he received um 
while he was with her on Earth, and I only think that that uh, should be, I don't know, modeled, I can't think of the word, but um, priest uh, should be staying close to Mary. Oh, yes, and and I think with Radio Maria, we would very much promote that (laughs) because we want to promote the priesthood. And yes, when they cling to Mary, they're in a good spot, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And, you know, that reminds me of little boys who, or, or big boys, you know, grown-up boys who, who come back to mother and someday, we hopefully, they all do, will say, thank you, Mom. Um, I know moms do try hard. Dads uh, have a big role. But, you know, moms have a lot of the formation, uh, a lot of the training and, and the little details of life. You know, I think of a father as more of the, the career, you know, and all of that. But um, I really like your point, Brandon. I haven't heard that one, and I really like that. Well, thank you. It's a, maybe just inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but that's, that's, that's a really beautiful image that, I, that I've gotten from that before, and I wanted to share that with you guys. All right, and where are you calling in from? Uh, Marksville, Louisiana. Wonderful. All right. Well, Brandon, uh, we're so glad you called in. Please call us again. And uh, it's a joy to hear your um, insight, and we thank you for calling. Oh, thank you for taking my call. God bless. You too. God bless. All right, so uh, Mary as mother, here she is. She's manifesting Christ to men and bringing um, us to him. She's praying and she's interceding for all humanity, I'm sure, at the foot of the cross um, in all that. And uh, especially in your example of the wedding feast at Cana, where she's interceding for the couple there. That's just an, another example of how she's interceding for all of us in the little details of our life. And just to be able to relate to her um, uh, in a more human way, too, because sometimes we think of Mary as, oh, my goodness, just way too up, way too high. And yet um, we have that, you know, these, certainly example of the Cana that was just a, that's a wedding. And she, you know, was very um, her heart was going out to that poor couple that was going to be very embarrassed, you know, something that we could relate to. But also way back when she um, found uh, her, you know, or her son was lost for those three days. Um, both, well, it's certainly not just Mary, but Mary and Joseph. So parents can relate to that, but especially a mom can relate to that time when she was uh, lost. When Jesus was right. lost for those yes. three days, he's in the temple and they're looking for her, and they're yes. they're not happy about this. Right, right? they're not happy, and that, which is, <laughs> which, you know, it says it and thing. Son, why, why have you done this to us? You know, yeah. she didn't um, just automatically know that you know he's supposed to be there, and of course he, you know. He says that, but but she kind of gives him the guilt trip. You know, why have you why have you done this to this? So those are the kind of things that we really those just those small vignettes in the in the scripture that we can relate to and say yes, they they did have human times. The things that we don't hear in the scripture, we only hear some of the lofty things. And of course, we know he goes on to say he's doing his father's will. So now he's understanding, you know, the uh, Father in heaven, you know, and what his will is in the. Temple. And of course, this also prefigures, I think, the three days in the tomb, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Until the resurrection. So uh, there's a lot there if we ponder it deeply. But um, we don't have um, lots and lots of time, so I don't want us to miss out on this next part, which is Mary as spouse of the Holy Spirit. And um, why, why do we give her that title, spouse of the Holy Spirit? How does that come in? Well, she was so uh, close to the Holy Spirit. You know, God gave her these special graces. He, he left the Holy Spirit for us when he ascended into heaven. But he had given the Holy Spirit to Mary, you know, way before that. And what does a spouse do? You know, a spouse is intimate. Uh, in, a, in a totally perfect, well, in, a, in, a, you know, in a very good marriage, the husband and wife, when they come together in that marital act, and they're open to life. They want to give each other to each other completely. They're not holding anything back. And that cloud, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her at the Annunciation, you know, it reminds me of that, um, the cloud of the, at the Transfiguration or, or all those images of cloud, um, for the Carmelites, I'm thinking of the, cra- the cloud that uh, emblemed, was an emblem of Mary, you know, that Elijah looked at. Um, but, you know, so many instances of cloud as being a sign of glory. Can you speak to that? 
Right. I was in full gospel businessman for a long time, a charismatic men's group, and uh, they talked about the Shekinah glory. Of you know, uh, sometimes there would be such praise and such worship in the room, and and the, and the Holy Spirit would be moving so powerfully that the you know the host might say, "I see the Shekinah glory of God in this room," and uh, you know that glory um, just you know covers Mary. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about that. Yeah, and I think of the image of, of maybe that mountain that Moses was on that was in a cloud, and he came down from the mountain, and he was all aglow. And, um, you know, so here we are. We're thinking of Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, she is docile to him, to every nuance and so uh, she is teaching us this great secret of how to reach union with God. How we do that is through this great detachment from creatures that we, we place God first and foremost. And from that position, you know, we love all creatures and creation. And then she lets herself be ruled and guided by the Holy Spirit and that takes that great pondering stance again and and also this groundedness in life but this this is exactly how we can also imitate her we can eliminate everything that is the fruit of our self-love or our pride or you know we want to do it our way i'm thinking of frank sinatra do it my way <laughs> and i'm like no you got it wrong it's do it thy way <laughs> for thy will be done but yes to do only the things that are inspired by grace under the impulse of the holy spirit so um what else do we want to add in that area of as mary as spouse uh, of the holy spirit i'm sure there's some great theological and philosophical things that we could say if we were uh, scholars one of the things that struck me was that spouses like to give each other gifts and i think we touched on this before that the gifts of the holy spirit that that uh, uh, were given to mary and they're available for us too you know, in the charismatic renewal, obviously, that God has given to the church, uh, there are gifts that uh, of service. And, and Mary certainly was a servant, you know, imitating her son who said, I came to be served. Right. And also disciple, because mm-hmm. she was going to be learning. And, and remember from Scripture, Jesus says, I have to go now, but I will send the Holy Spirit, you know, because I can't tell you everything. I want to tell you everything, but you're not going to get it basically. And so he sends the Holy Spirit so they can continue learning. And so she, as the disciple, is like this Pentecostal fusion of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, she is kind of help guiding and getting the church set up, you know, from its birthday at Pentecost, which we are going to be coming up to pretty soon, the Feast of the Ascension and also Pentecost. So let's be praying for the Holy Spirit to come upon us in a very special way. And Mary continues to speak to the church. You know, there's been very many uh, church-approved apparitions, and the most recent one here in the United States and in, in Wisconsin. And, you know, you don't have to believe in an apparition, but if, the, but if you know, if the church says it's worthy of belief, you know, why would you not want to? Uh, Jesus keeps reminding us and, and sending his mother to bring the world back to him. I mean, you know, we, 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 as humans, we need signs a lot of times. And God gives us plenty of signs, but our eyes have to be open to yeah, them. Yeah, we got to be looking. Right, exactly. Yes, and we got to pray that the Holy Spirit help us open our eyes so that we may see clearly, open our ears so that we can hear, you know, clear our thoughts so we can think with His mind. And you know, here we have the Holy Spirit and um, uh, with the Blessed Mother as spouse. She's the bride. She she resembles the church, which is also the bride, the bride of Christ. And, you know, so she is the top model of the church and how uh, the church, when it's pure, it's full of grace. Now, we are sinners and we're going to church because we need God. We need forgiveness. We need to repent. We need to ask for God's forgiveness, for his mercy. And yet we can aspire to this with the aid of grace. And who better than to assist us than Mary, who who's closer to Christ and more intimate with the Holy Spirit than anyone ever. 
So that kind of leads us to one more thing that um, we wanted to cover before we finish this hour, and that was modes of union with Mary. Now, I have to tell you where I got this. I'm, I'm looking at a sheet of paper here that's got an all-nice uh, synopsis here, and I kind of wanted to take turns on, on reading some of these things and uh, commenting on them. These are from... Um, Father Robert Hughes, who's a Marianist priest here at the University of Dayton, and he wrote this, and it's very beautiful. It's called Modes of Union with Mary, and the he has it divided into call and response. And under call, he's got several um, topics here, and I, I just thought maybe we could take turns reading them, and, um, you know, if you wanted to uh, make a little comment, you can. But uh, we start out with, of course, uh, under pray, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, the Creed, the Rosary, and the Little Prayers. These are things that we can do to be in union with Mary. And what would the next thing be? Um, it would be number two there. Under my mantle and in my hands, um, you belong to me. Give me everything, body, soul, and spirit, and give me your problems. And your failings. And that reminds me of St. Louis de Montfort when he's uh, surrendering all into the hands of Mary uh, to reach Jesus. So, and that leads to the next one very beautifully. <laughs> right. In my arms and my embrace, you are mine. I see with your eyes. I feel with your heart. I help with your hands. Yes, as every mother does. And that leads to oh, her heart. The fourth one is pressed to my heart. We are one in mind and heart and in soul and spirit. We're seeking the heart of Jesus and the will of the Father. Remember, thy will be done. And then from her heart to her lap. Mm, beautiful place to be. <laughs> Um, in my school of prayer and love. So the first one would be education, goodwill, and generosity. The next would be teaching with the gospel and less gospel lessons. The third would be training, um, which would be good habits, the fruit of good habits. Formation, which would be the virtues, the wonderful virtues. And then becoming another Jesus through all of that. And becoming another Jesus is so important because that is um, saying we're open to being in union with him. For him transforming our lives, changing us so that we will be in peace and have great love and radiate his love and his grace and his mercy to all around us as well as being in it ourselves. And then I want to lead you in the rosary, in the mass. With the, with the gift of self and communion, and, and through her messages to us. Right, so she is leading us. And so we, we have a choice now. Are we going to follow? <laughs> and then that is, she's saying, walk with me on the path of conversion and salvation. So she's inviting you. She says, bring me your hands. I'll take your hands. Walk with me for conversion and salvation, faith and paradise, prayer and holiness, fasting and perfection, peace and happiness. And so that leads now to what is our response. What do we have as, as our response? Under obedience, we want to be an obedient with Mary, in Mary, for Mary. I like this because it reminds me in the Mass where it says, through him, with him, in him, and I'm thinking Mary too, you know. <laughs> All right, and so then that leads us to her consecration. Consecration, which is we renew daily. We're in, um, we're, we're a sign of, of that we wear is a scapular uh, many times, and that we never refuse the Lord anything. Right. And so uh, this consecration, there's many consecrations out there to Mary, but one of the most famous is the consecration um, by St. Louis de Montfort. But, but you can Google that word consecration to Mary and you'll get some wonderful ideas. But wearing of the scapula, of course, in Carmel is very important. That is our sign of our consecration to Mary, uh, taking her as our mother and model. And that leads us to the next point. Right, to surrender or trust and confidence in Mary, her power that she's given from the Holy Spirit, her tender love, her riches, her desire to give. 
And, of course, we know that all to be very true. So what is keeping us from surrendering to her? You know, we need to think about what that block is. What is that obstacle? And remove it. Ask the Lord to help you to remove all the obstacles that will join you to him. Because Mary is taking us to Jesus, who's taking us into the heart of God, all leading us to heaven. And, of course, that leads to our next point, which is prayer of the heart. Um, continual prayer. No more lip prayers. Um, we just do it from our heart. Um, we mean what we say. We're expressing our love. And we do all out of love. All right. So we, we've got to do like Teresa Vavla says. You've got to, uh, prayer is a intimate conversation with him whom we know loves us. And it's frequent, a frequent intimate conversation with him whom we know loves us. So it's from the heart. It's not just saying a bunch of words or some kind of magic formula. That's not it. It's got to be, you got to know who you're talking to, what you're talking about, and you know who you are in relation to God. So important. And that leads to the next point. And then now we listen with love, something that's so hard to do and takes very strong discipline and grace from God. With the pure, we listen with a purified heart. We give our full attention. With total openness, uh, we're eager to learn and ready to act. And we follow with? With meeting with her, inviting her to guide us, to lead us to Jesus, to ask for her quiet, her, ask her questions and feel her answers. And hopefully that will lead us to this continual union with her. Give her your hands. Rest in her heart, walk in her presence, talk to her, ask what is her will, because her will is only, only God's will. So that's going to wrap up our hour here. I'm so grateful for Mr. and Mrs. Herb and Maureen Edwards. Thank you so much for coming onto the program today. Oh, it's been a great pleasure and a great blessing. Thank you, Francis. Yes, it has. It's been wonderful. Thank I you. hope you'll come back and join me again. And um, I want to let our listeners know that next week we were going to continue our series on the Holy Face. It'll be the third program on the Holy Face. Mark will be back with us. And so as we come to the end of this hour, um, we want to ask Mary to help us. And I can't think of a better prayer than the Memorari. So I invite you now to join me in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that it never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us on Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We hope you'll tune in next week at the same time. If you've missed us, please uh, check out the archives on radiomaria.us. And God bless you.